Hello, everyone. Welcome back to There's a Hack for That. This week, Erica and I interview Heidi Cuker. I met Heidi at a networking event that she hosted called Women in Power here in Denver. And when she told her story about growing through the changes that were presented to her specifically in 2020, I just knew that we needed to have a conversation with her for the podcast. It is so cool to chat with someone who really embraces all of the challenges and growth opportunities that has come her way. She is an entrepreneur and of an entrepreneurship family. So although this is a life hack episode, I think our business owners who might be listening will get something extra out of this too. We talk about the things that she did, some of the things she did to really aid her growth journey that is still going on. And you will find a lot of her hacks to be super familiar to what Eric and I are always talking about. If you really connect with Heidi, make sure to follow her on Instagram, her website, and her email. It's all in the show notes. Remember to connect with Erica and I and the podcast and news. If you're interested in sponsoring any of our podcast episodes, that information is also now available on our website. So go ahead and check that out. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow us and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to. And please enjoy our conversation with Heidi Cuker. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you. Welcome, Heidi, to our to our conversation. We're so excited to have I'm, you here. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm a little nervous. This is my first podcast interview. So, Oh, Thanks. well, we're so honored. <laughs> That makes a little more sense when I accosted you at your event and was like, you have to be on the <laughs> podcast. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm always excited. Heidi and I met at an event that she hosted, Women in Power, correct? Yes. And she also yep. shared her story. And it was so compelling and I identified with it so much. Eric and I love witnessing and supporting people that are growth mindset oriented and have cool stories. So I was really drawn to yours. I'm so glad that we're your first podcast interview. So let's jump right in. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and this journey that you've been on the last year? We're, we're focusing on growth and change here. So give us that version of your story. Okay, I'll give you the cliff notes because there's a lot that goes into it. But basically, I've been a hairdresser and an educator for the past 12 years. And I finally like landed my dream job teaching full-time, traveling full-time for this product company and teaching color classes in different salons around the country. And I just realized that I hated it. <laughs> and that job actually really sucked, even though it was my dream job, like it just really wasn't fueling me. So early 2019, no, sorry, 2020, I stepped down to just become an independent contractor again for them, continue working for the brand, but be on my own and back in Denver. And then, you know, COVID happened, this little thing called COVID happened. So I was in the process of getting back into the salon full time and working on my clients full time. And then I was all of a sudden without a job, without income, without all of that. Well, we went back to the salon. Everything was great, rocking and rolling, just as busy as I've ever been. And then my dad had a heart attack and ended up passing about two months later. So 
it was just this whole thing where I had spent all this time like building this momentum to be in the salon and to work on clients and like live my best salon hairdresser life. And then it all just kind of came crashing down. And after that, I just really didn't, it, it, it just lost its magic for me doing hair and being with clients full time. And so at the time too, like I was in this really toxic, tumultuous relationship for the last three years. And that was starting to fall apart. Like he really wasn't there for me through the death of my father and that kind of thing. Like he literally like left before the funeral, all this shit. So we finally broke up. We finally broke up like over Thanksgiving. And about two weeks later, I decided I was going to quit Kevin Murphy altogether because I hadn't been teaching all year anyway with COVID. And I decided to sign up for real estate school on December 17th. I started school January 5th. I moved out of my house and into my friend's place for a little while, like at the end of January, finished my real estate school, got my license in March and threw an event six weeks later. And then like four weeks after that, I've now closed $2 million. That's amazing. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So a lot of like really extreme highs and lows over the last like year and a half. It's been so wild, but yeah, it's been so good. So, so amazing. It's been like a total 180 for me. So So what drew you to real estate? I've worked in a salon. I've managed a salon. I was a makeup artist. Like I understand what that life is, but what drew you to real estate? I, I think I can figure out why you were drawn there, but I'd love to hear your version of that. I mean, obviously the money is killer. Like duh, real estate's amazing. And especially in Denver, like the money is amazing. But really what it was, was like, I just felt like solving a problem for somebody that only helps them for four weeks, six weeks, just all of a sudden felt really empty. Like it didn't feel like helping people to feel good about themselves was enough anymore. And, you know, the reality of it is, it's like a really repetitive job. And You know, so I'm just like kind of doing the same thing all the time. And I felt like I was like stuck behind the chair while all of my clients were living their lives in rotation around me. So I decided that I would like to continue to help people and I have a good network and, you know, hair is selling yourself. So it's real estate. You're selling houses instead of hair. So it just seemed like a really seamless transition. And now I can help my clients like build a life rather than just look good for a few weeks right so now i'm helping them solve a problem that maybe they would be dealing with for 10 to 15 years living in a house they don't like you know or going through like the real estate process is legitimately so complicated and i know that so many people have had you know hard experiences with their realtor so that's you know that's the other thing is like i always want to make it as easy for people as possible so i love that one of the things that I really resonated with the first time. And again, when you said it now is that you had your dream job and you hated it. And I had that experience too. When I moved here, I thought it was my dream job. It had on paper, it looked exactly like what I've always wanted salary, the whole shebang. And then when I was finally in it, I was like, Oh, money doesn't buy happiness and activities don't buy happiness. And (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it it did. It felt hollow after a while. I'm sure so many of our listeners can relate to that. 
Erica, have you ever had a quote-unquote dream job? I mean, I got a job outside of college that I still have now. (laughs) So my day job I've been with for 10 years. It was never something that I anticipated, but like you, Heidi, in a lot of ways, it was a cumulative thing of like, okay, these are all my skills and this job happens to line up with it. And then luckily it also included travel, which I'm really passionate about. Not as much anymore travel for work, but at the time I was 25. So all I wanted to do was travel. And so, no, I I wouldn't say that I've had, oh, this is my dream, dream job I wanted to do. But at the same time, being with my day job for so long, I had to, I had a realization of this isn't what I want to do forever and I have to figure out what my dream life is and now that's what I'm living with my business. So so no, I've never had that experience of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this and put all this work in and then I'm going to get this job and be there. My life was more like just kind of fell into place. But at the same time, once I was there, there was a moment of like, oh, I'm just being complacent and I'm here because it's easy and there's good money. But, you know, is that everything to life? So that's kind of, that's my story with that. I love that you said you're building your dream life though. Yeah. Because that's kind of what it's really all about. That's, that's the sentiment that I got from you, Heidi, when you shared your story at the event. It's like, you just decided that you wanted more and you were going to go get it. Absolutely. And like, you know, I think there's this whole thing, like I, I just had lunch with a friend I used to work with at a salon yesterday. And, you know, he was like, well, I feel like if I don't do something with hair, then I'm like, waste, I have wasted my time. And I'm like, I don't, can I swear? <laughs> I'm like, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. Like you're not wasting, you didn't waste that time and that experience mm-hmm. just because you're not going to move forward doing that thing. Like you can do something and then do something else when it's not serving you anymore. And yeah, that's you you got it exactly right. Like that was what it was. Is I was like, I just want something different and something more. Yeah, let's break that myth right now. There's no such thing as wasting your time. I just had this conversation with a client last night because she's being so hard on herself because she left, she had a business, she dropped that to go get a job that seemed safer and more reliable for her and her son. And She's doing great, but she's like, she's just being so hard on herself because she feels like she's wasting time. And I'm like, who's to say that this isn't exactly where you're meant to be, that this is a stepping stone to get to the next thing, to find yourself again and figure out what you want and need. But I think we can be so hard on ourselves, especially with the the how easy it is to compare ourselves to others and others' journey. So it's like, oh, well, they've been doing what they've wanted to do forever. It's like, you don't know that. They could be just as miserable and just not know it totally. yet. But <laughs> I saw a meme on Instagram yesterday that Drew Barrymore had posted and it was an apple in front of a mirror and the front of the apple looked completely perfect. And then the back of the apple had a huge bite taken out of it. And that's totally what you see of people's lives. You know, like Mm -hmm. you're just seeing what they want you to see. Like you're not, you know, you're not seeing like the, 30 breakdowns I've had in the last six months on the way to (laughs) where I'm at now. You're just seeing what I feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's such a good reminder as frequently as we can say it. I had, I have similar experience. I have had what would seem like on the surface, five failed businesses and three careers, (laughs) it feels like. And, 
you know, but all of those things, I have this realization every once in a while, like all of those things that I have done have led me to exactly what I'm doing right now. Like I needed to get some skills from running the salon. I needed to some skills from working as a contractor, from having my first minimum wage job in my 30s. Like I have been through it, but that's the point, right? to land where you're supposed to be totally. with the skills that you need to have. I think it, especially in our generation, like the, the long careers, it's also kind of a myth. Like it just doesn't exist like that anymore. Our, our generations are seeking a little bit different lifestyles. Well, and you know, on average, most people change their job like 15 times in their lifetime or more and change careers five times. So it's like, it makes sense to go from one to the next and like build on your skills. You know, like when I was first becoming an educator, I was terrified of public speaking, like terrified. And by the end of five years, I was teaching classes for, you know, 30 stylists and 15 models and, you know, formulating color for every single one of them, running around the room and keeping it all coordinated and feeling like totally confident about it. But you know, like through that process, I also learned like, I'm good at sales, and I'm good at like, giving people, you know, what they need and reading between the lines and, and like picking up on the things that they're not saying. And all of those things play into what I'm doing now, just because I'm not using my hands to create that for them doesn't mean I'm not using the skills that I have, like cultivated for myself. Yes. I love that you brought up the education because when we try something new, we're often not going to be great at it. <laughs> totally. Um, oh my the God, first totally. time. So one of the things I love about you and what I've heard from you and your social media is you're very clear and open about how you use your mindset to allow yourself to learn new things. And I think that's really powerful. And I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about how you do that. And if you have any practices or how you cultivated that lifestyle, that positive or like shifting mindset lifestyle for yourself, I think that would be helpful. Okay. So, you know, I left my very small town, like 10,000 people. When I was 17, I graduated high school like half a year early just so I could get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Like, get me out of here, whatever it takes. I don't care. Like, I just need to do something else. And I think that that's like been a huge theme for me over the last, you know, 12, 15 years of like, when the pain of staying the same is more than the pain of changing, that's when you change. And unfortunately, it does take like that pressure cooker situation for so many people. But you know, I, I just feel like if you're not learning, you're dying. Like, what else are you doing? You're not like learning something and like trying to be 1% better at everything every day, or, you know, at, a, at least a few things every day. And like, for me, I did start a meditation practice, not very seriously, like a year or two ago. But then, you know, when I was like, well, I'm stuck in my house for a long period of time. <laughs> I got really serious about my meditation, like journaling, exploring my own triggers and you know just things as simple as saying like oh i have a failed business well you don't really have a failed business you have a business that didn't work out but all these other things came from it and i think like i just got sick of hearing myself say i can't and i got sick of hearing myself or seeing myself like not living 
the life that I wanted to live. And like, you know, the reality is anybody can change their situation at any time. It's just how bad do you want it? It sounds so simple, doesn't it? Like we, we've, we've, it is. We, it we've is. covered this through so many different people's perspectives, but every time we hear it, someone else might identify with your perspective versus mine or Erica's. So I love what you said when the pain of staying the same hurts more than changing. That's so true. That's so true. That's the most beautiful way totally. to say it. Cause it's like, <laughs> we're always presented with that choice. Totally. And every, you know, everything is a choice. I was just thinking about it this morning. Like something that I've adopted into my like day to day routine is like, is this helping you or hurting you? Is having three cocktails at lunch really helping you? <laughs> Like, it, it might be sometimes fun. Sometimes the answer is yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it's yes, but, or no, and, and that's okay too. But I think like, you know, if you've ever read the book Atomic Habits, I can't remember who wrote it, but James I was, clear. it's so good. I mean, and I, I just love what they preach about like making things, you know, easily accessible and obvious and basically so that you have to build those good habits and you have to like ask yourself those questions day to day and like cultivate that awareness in those little things. And like, you know, my five or 10 minute meditation practice has turned into like an all day long thing of, well, why am I doing this? And am I, am I doing this because, you know, it's helping me move the needle or am I doing this because I'm like trying to numb or, you know, like, I think that just having that awareness is going to get you like leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, where you've been before. Yeah. And the best, my favorite concept from Atomic Habits is when he talks about mastering the art of showing up. And because what happens when you're in a situation that you are not happy with, when you feel resistance to your current job or your current relationship or whatever, we get stuck in the fog of that resistance. And we think, oh, if I make a move, I've wasted my time. I've been with this person for so long. If I start over, what is, you know, all that means nothing. Or I've been with my day job for 10 years and I'm still like, I'm part-time now, but I'm still having this like resisting to resistance to fully letting it go because it's it's what I've known for so long. But the the thing we have to remember is that we don't have to make massive change. We don't have to take massive action. There's a certain movement talking about that where it's like, oh, take massive action and do these big things and hustle. And it's like, no, like what's one thing you can do right now for 15 minutes that will get you closer to your goal? And this is, again, this is fresh because I had this conversation with the client last night, but it's like, if you're unhappy in your job, how about committing to Googling for 15 minutes about a meditation certification that you want to get because maybe you know you want to do something in that space but you're not sure what or like for me my first step out of my day job was signing up to take the test to become a personal trainer I didn't know if I wanted to be a personal trainer but I knew I wanted to be in health and wellness so I was like well this is step one I'll just like pay some money get a book doesn't mean I have to do that it's just like the relief of I did something different because I'm too uncomfortable or I'm so uncomfortable now that I'm ready to take to make change, but then bring in James Clear, Atomic Habits, Mastering the Art of Showing Up. You don't have to make take massive action. Do get 1% better every day. That's his thing. And it's so powerful because we think it has to be all or nothing or we have to completely change tomorrow and have everything work out for it to be worthwhile. But it's like, no, you know, I'm on a, I think I'm on like a five-year plan really to get... <laughs> 
to where I want to be in my business. And that's okay. I'm like, it doesn't have to be an overnight success because like, let's be real, there's no such thing. So I was literally just going to say that. I have that. too much to learn to be an overnight. Yeah, I have too much to learn to be an overnight success at this point in my life. Like, it's just, it's too exhausting. That hus- hustle mentality that all of us mm-hmm. have lived in at some point in our lives, it's exhausting. And it's really kind of empty. Or that was my experience, at least. Like, if I really sat down, I was so disconnected from myself in the hustle that, like, when I was quiet with myself or I would find time to meditate, it was like, who am I? <laughs> what am I <laughs> why am I doing this? Why am I choosing this for myself? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, that totally. self-awareness is so powerful. It's like sitting at your computer for eight hours a day because you feel like you have to to be – it's like, oh, we just do this because we're supposed to. It's like, no, I don't – there's no part of me that ever wants to have to have an eight-hour day and I haven't had an eight-hour day. I mean, for sure not this year because I've set because I'm living my dream life and I am very clear on what that is and it involves not having to sit at my computer for from nine to five. <laughs> Well, and you can be productive in less time. Exactly. You know? like, <laughs> the the time spent does not dictate the outcome. Quality. Like, yeah, sure. There's there's like a parallel line with you know putting in the work and success to a point, and then it's like, well, are you actually like really putting in work in those eight hours, or are you working like five of them and then like fucking around? and trying to look like you're working for the other three. That's kind of rooted in the employee mindset versus entrepreneur mindset, which Eric and I did an episode about earlier this year. And the other, the other part of that is that in employee mindset, we don't, we're not taught to focus on our strengths and pursue activities and production in that way. We're just supposed to complete a job, whether we're good at it or not (laughs) in a lot of cases. And one of the things I'm I'm hearing from you is that you really focused on your strengths in pursuing the shift for yourself. You like took kind of a inventory of everything you knew, said, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'd like to learn more of. You're a curious person. How were you able to identify those things to make that shift from like one industry to another? Well, first and foremost, I'm the absolute worst employee you could ever hire. I'm the worst. I am the I swear I've said that every episode. I'm the worst. I'm like, oh, you want me to do that? No. (laughs) Like, I just, I'm, I'm so bad about it when somebody else tells me to do it. But when it's my idea, I'm like all about it. So, you know, I knew that about myself. And I grew up watching my parents own their own business. I've never seen what it looks like to compromise in your workplace, because they've always been able to call the shots for themselves. So I think that I just always had that in me one way or another. But, you know, the thing about the thing about like what I was saying of transitioning from being an educator or being a hairdresser, an independent hairdresser to being in real estate is it's the same job. It's literally the same job. It's relationship based. It's keeping up with people. It's giving a shit about their lives. It is you know, like, like calling them on their birthday and like just staying in touch and being like, Hey, how can I help you? Like, it's all service based. It's just a slightly different service. So I don't I mean, I don't know how I exactly came to that realization. But man, I've been thinking about real estate for a long time. I've probably been thinking about it for like, four years, and I almost did it. 
when I was locked in my house for two months without a job, I was like, oh, I got a thousand dollars left. I should just spend it on education <laughs> of some sort, <laughs> right? Like, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know what the future holds. Like, maybe I'll figure out something else. And, you know, that's kind of how that that was really like the catalyst. And, you know, with my dad passing and everything, like he was really known for being a negotiator, like a very shrewd negotiator. So he actually helped me buy my Jeep that I have now. And it was brand new when we got it. And so we walked into we walked into the dealership and he had a check written out for twenty thousand dollars. Mind you, this is a twenty seven thousand dollar car. And we sit down with the sales guy and he puts the check on the table and is like, this is how much I'm going to pay for whatever car she wants today. And that's it. I can write your name on the check or I can write another dealership's name on the check, <laughs> but I'm not paying a dime over this amount of money for whatever car she decides is best today. And we were there all day. Eight hours, eight <laughs> hours. They tried to, they tried to even get him to pay a thousand dollars more. He's like, no, like, we'll just leave. Like, I don't care. And we walked away with a brand new $27,000 Jeep for 20 grand. And I just have always respected that about my dad. And I feel like that's something that I've picked up from him is like how, how to like get your point across and be really firm on it, but still be like really friendly and have fun with people while you're doing it. Sounds like healthy boundaries to me. (laughs) It is because people don't know how, first of all, they don't know what they need or what's important to them or what's valuable. And even if they do, then they have issues communicating that to other people in a way that like, you know, sometimes it's, oh, I don't want to, I feel needy or I feel like a burden. But when you learn about boundaries and that, it's like, oh, I have needs and I deserve to have needs and I can communicate my needs. And if someone has problem with that, you know, like your dad, it's like, well, we'll just go somewhere else. So it's like people and situations too. It's like, this is what I need. If you can't meet that, that's okay. You're not a bad person. I'm not a bad person. Like Lauren always says, like, there doesn't have to be morality in it. It's just like, this is what it is. And we don't have to get emotional about it. And that can go for a job. I mean, the reason I've been with my day job company with GovTech for 10 years is because I've been an entitled little millennial. And I've always (laughs) been open with my bosses. I've had two in that time. And I'm just like, this is what I want. And if you can't provide that, I'll go get another job because I know my worth as an employee. And that's how I moved to Denver. And that's how I've been working remotely for six years because I found Denver and I loved it so much. So I literally went to my boss and I was just like, I'm moving to Denver. I want to keep my job. These are all the reasons why I can work remotely. And I was bluffing. If she had said no, I would have just stayed because I was like, I was like, I don't want to find a new job. But like, she didn't even do that. <laughs> exactly. Worth like, a try. What's the worst case? She'll say no. Worth so a try. There's so many lessons in that story you just shared about your father that I love so much. It's just like, hey, this is who I am, what I need. If you don't like it, someone else will. <laughs> well, and there's no harm in asking because you have nothing to lose. We already yeah. didn't have the car, you know? So mm-hmm. the worst they can say is no. Sorry. Kick rocks. Laughing. And you're like, <laughs> all right, we'll go somewhere else. But most of the time, if you ask, you'll you'll get what you need. For a recovering codependent that I am, <laughs> I, I'm super uncomfortable with that concept, but I practice it constantly. Because for people who have, I mean, 
it's based in my trauma, but like my trauma informs me that if someone tells me no, I'm a bad person. And so in my evolution and the current version I'm living in right now, that's not the case, but it was a huge shift. And I love that. I just love hearing stories about that and hearing Erica's examples. Like it's just more confirmation that I just have to try it. And people listening just have to try it. Like you're not going to die. That's the, that's the affirmation that I like to tell myself. (laughs) I'm like, you're not going to die. You're going to be safe. I am. I am. I I I did that one too. I have so many (laughs) versions of it, but it's like, I know I'm good at something. I'm going to go after it. I'm not going to die. I'm going to learn something. So for all my codependents out there who are like, I could never do that. Give it a try. I dare you. (laughs) You'll learn something about yourself for sure. Well, and it's a lesson for everyone because whether you're codependent or a recovering people pleaser or burnt out, really, yeah, <laughs> like really anything where you've had an experience in the past where you've asked for what you needed and it hasn't been and it wasn't given. I mean, it's as simple as that. It's like, oh, I don't deserve what I need. That's the limiting belief that comes out of that situation. And and yeah, and I certainly don't have it figured out. Trust me, there. Are, Days where I catch myself like reverting back to like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Is it okay if maybe I would just like, can I just like do this one little thing? And then I have to like delete the text or the email and be like, this is what I need. Period. (laughs) I literally did the exact same thing this morning. I wrote it out, wrote out my email and then I started like explaining and trying not to sound like a dick. And I'm like, I don't care if I sound like a dick, actually. I just, this is what I need. And I, I think that that's just something like specifically as women yes. that we've been taught to do is like diminish ourselves and, you know, pull back from being direct with mm-hmm. people so that we don't seem quote unquote bossy or whatever. And it's like, well, you know what? I actually am kind of bossy and I'm okay with that. And I think honestly, anybody who's ever met me knows that in the first five minutes that we start talking and they're okay with that too. And if they're not, Okay. And I'm going to reframe <laughs> b- that you're bossy to that you are grounded in your self-worth and you know what you need and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's like – and it is – yeah, like even just removing the words sorry. Like I used to be really a big stickler. Like if someone apo- – like if I was like – if someone's totally. late for something and they're like, sorry, I'm late. And like just say, you know, thank you for waiting for me or just try noticing how many times you say sorry in a day or removing just – from your communication. I just wanted to see if, no, how about, do you have this ready? Instead of, I just wanted to see if you have this ready, just say, is this ready? Right. Whatever it is. Like there's so many little language things that show up in our communication that are cluing people in that you're not confident in who you are, what you need, and, and you can be, and it's okay. It sounds like you really kind of found your footing in that kind of stuff and like knowing right. your what you bring to the table and the value and what your skills are through your pivot. And obviously you have proof that it's true because you have done so well in these, you know, six months, seven months of your <laughs> real estate career. Like it's, that's remarkable. It, yeah. I've, I've had my license for 12 weeks now, actually today. <laughs> it's been 12 weeks. That's awesome. So So one of my favorite things I do with, well, just the people in my life, I'm always prompting people to look for proof. 
that they were either right about themselves or they actually do know what the hell they're doing, like those types of things. Is there anything that like stands out that you've learned or that you've experienced or in your real estate so far that you're like, okay, I totally made the right decision here? I mean, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, obviously the money. <laughs> no, I mean, not only <laughs> and that. the transactions. Not only that, but like, honestly, like, so backing up to before that, like, I've had to do so much work to regain my confidence. I'm generally a pretty confident person, but being with someone who just makes you constantly question yourself makes you feel really, really insecure. And, you know, that that's come through keeping promises to myself, saying I'm going to work out five times a week and then working out five times a week. Like, though that has come from that and that's given me the ability to do all of these things but you know even like when i met you at women in power i was so like oh god is that event okay i sounded like an idiot like nobody's gonna like this blah 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 and then after the event this woman peyton who is my lending partner came up to me and was like this is my favorite event we've ever done and she's the number one loan originator in colorado she does a lot of these and this is my first one in my first six weeks of real estate. And, you know, I got a phone call from her. She actually asked me to do her hair so she could be fresh for a magazine. <laughs> and it was like, I just couldn't believe like how quickly you took a hold of this and like really took control and like made it your own. And, you know, like we're so excited to work for you and with you and just getting that, especially from like a, a high powered woman, like a is good so amazing to like have that validation, not that you should always be looking for it outside of yourself. But yeah, but it was, you know, that was really cool to get that. And like, I was also like mortified that nobody was going to show up. And then like, I think we had over 125 people there. <laughs> it was packed. It was the my very first live event since in like in 14 months. It was That's the really first cool. thing that I went to with my friend. And it was so good. And we had another, we Did actually you? sourced another guest from that. And also like oh, Dr. Shanti. Watson, we cool. interviewed her earlier this week. But yeah, it's like, you just never know the impact that you're having. And your impact was huge that day. That was such well, a cool And event. that came from literally my first meeting with Peyton. We just started like bullshitting back and forth. And she's like, you're really cool. Do you want to do an event together? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, how serious are you about this? I'm like, put it on my calendar. Let's go. Like, it's, if it's on the calendar, it's happening. And, you know, we threw that together within six weeks. And now we're going to do another one in, like, October, probably. Proof. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then, you know, like, I'm the newest person on my team at 360. And we went to a baseball game the other day with my boss. And they're just really, really awesome, like super nice people. But like the entire, so they like invited us up for drinks in his condo afterwards. And like the entire way home, he was like, I just want you to know, like, nobody does this. No one has ever done this <laughs> ever. <laughs> we, you know, he's like, we always hire people and they say they have deals. And like, some of them do, but like nobody closes 2 million in the first 12 weeks of real estate. And you know, that just felt really good. Cause like, he's, they're they're badass. My other boss is like top top one percent realtors in Colorado. So to just to get that recognition, and he actually reached out to me over email and was like, "Hey, like we're really proud of you. Like this is this is cool. Like, you know, we're so glad to have you on our team. Like, 
it feels nice. I haven't been on a team in a really long time. I've been working by myself in a studio, just like patting my myself on the back constantly. <laughs> so, you know, it does it does feel really nice to be like recognized by your coworkers and even just like getting to come on this podcast with you guys. It's so flattering. So. It's so cool. And I, we love sharing stories of all different people and paths. It's, that's what we do. It's just what we do. Where can the people connect with you? What are your favorite places to connect with people, socials, etc.? I mean, I love Instagram stories. <laughs> probably my favorite thing Me to too. do it's my favorite TV show. <laughs> it is my favorite tv <laughs> show so i recently just changed my name to the real heidi k i used to have two instagrams but i'm actually rebranding right now and combining them because you know the reality of my life is i'm not doing two separate jobs i'm like answering real estate emails while your color's processing <laughs> and that kind of thing so just putting it all together and like really showing like a better picture of myself they're on Instagram, and then I'm in the process of building my website right now. It's going to be HeidiCooker.com. Otherwise, you can find me through 360dwellings.com. You can email me at Heidi at 360dwellings.com, however you want to do it. My phone number is listed on my Instagram, too. So I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Awesome. Yeah, we'll put it all in the show notes. Okay, and our final question is the one we ask everybody what is your either all-time favorite life hack or current favorite life hack either one so hard <laughs> I've been thinking about this all day of what it I can say for this you know I would have to say like a consistency and realizing that like you know maybe consistency is boring but it's the best thing that you can do to take care of yourself is like whatever you're doing, just be consistent with it. And then habit stacking, going back to atomic habits, making things really simple and really easy for yourself. Like for example, mm. if you're trying to create an early morning workout practice and you know that like getting out of bed when it's like cold in the winter, early in the morning is like you're, you hate it, sleep in your workout clothes, leave your shoes by your bed, get up and walk out the door. Right. So you're making you're making it like super easy to create that habit for yourself. And that's one of the, the biggest things that I've learned from that book. And even just something as simple as like picking up your house, like cleaning things as you go. So that like at the end of the week, you don't have this horrible mess to deal with. But I think that goes for like your life and your business, too. I totally agree. I'm a huge fan of habit stacking. I actually learned it from Erica. I learned most of my things from Erica. <laughs> <laughs> And this podcast. <laughs> I learned so much from this podcast. <laughs> That's what it's all about. But this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. We will put all of the info and hacks and all of that information in the show notes. Make sure to follow Heidi and myself and Erica and the podcast. Rate and review us. Tell us what you think. And remember to stay, stay curious. curious. Disclaimer. This podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, 
please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.